0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic secure the signing of Japanese international Kyogo Furuhashi. They'll also be allowed 9,000 fans at their European qualifier, while Aberdeen will have over 5,000 and Ross County have been forced to forfeit a second consecutive match. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Gary Caldwell. What to get our teeth into tonight, Gary? Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, the Euro's finishing. The, the season comes thick and fast and... New signings, teams starting to really kind of gear up for the start of that season, so looking forward to it. As usual, whatever is on your mind, whether it's transfers, European qualifiers, League Cup group games, fan numbers, whatever it is, make sure to give us a call on 0141 951 1025, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Uh, I think we'll start with that that news that came very early this morning. That's the thing, when you're doing this show, you like the news to come in nice and early, so you get a bit of chance to digest it, do a bit of research. But, I mean, it was about three o'clock this morning, I think, that Vissel Kobe put out the, the tweet today saying that uh, uh, Kyogo Furuhashi is leaving them. He's going to join Celtic. Celtic then followed suit with an announcement at about half past eight this morning. This is all subject to a medical, all the relevant checks as well. But it looks as if it'll be a fee in excess of four million pounds for him, uh, for the J League's top goal scorer from last season. Fourteen goals in twenty games he scored last season, or sorry, this season it is because they're a sort of summer season. Forty-nine goals in one hundred and ten games since joining them in twenty eighteen. An interesting signing, obviously one that the Ange Postecoglou will know very well from his time over in Japan yeah I think it's clear that this is a signing that the manager knows he's, he's obviously come from a league that he's, he's worked in uh, so he's seen Kyogo you know up close uh, he's somebody that scored goals in, in the J League it's just for me it's it's a cultural thing and, and you know moving across obviously I played with uh, Nakamura who was a genius uh, on the ball, a fantastic footballer. Free kicks were special, uh, but didn't speak much of the language. I'm, I'm still sure to this day, I played right back once behind him, and he definitely understood when I was shouting him to, <laughs> to get back in position. I thought you were so, going to say he was just giving you abuse <laughs> in perfect English. No, when I, when I said good things, he, he gave me the thumbs up, and when I said bad things, he put his hands to his ears. So he clearly understood English, uh, but he was a fantastic player for the club. So hopefully. Uh, Kyogo Furuhashi if I've said that right can can come and have a similar impact well, I'll tell you what before we take any calls or have a chat about it I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Japanese football I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say that I don't think Gary grew up watching J-League highlights when he's younger as well but I did speak earlier to a Japanese football expert to get the lowdown on him this is Alan Gibson who's actually based in Kobe he's the editor of J-Soccer magazine and has covered Japanese football for 25 years so he's his, uh, this is his take on Celtic's new signing Kyogo Furuhashi is an intelligent player uh, one open to anything uh, he's played in various systems um, he's obviously not the, the tallest or probably not what you call the, the strongest, beefiest forward but uh, he's definitely, he can handle a false nine, he can handle being a central striker, being fed by others and taking the chances. He can play behind a striker or strikers in the hole. Uh, he could play either wing. Uh, he's very strong uh, fitness-wise. He lasts forever, he can play forever. Very fast when needed, very intelligent, sees the next ball, uh, uses other players well. 
runs a lot off the ball to give space to others too. So uh, I think there's plenty of choice that uh, Ange can do to use him. So uh, I think he'll do great. It's really good. Obviously, uh, you've had your experience with uh, Shunsuke Nakamura in the past. He's uh, very different to Shunsuke. Of course, Shunsuke was more of a very uh, skillful thinking player, taking free kicks, uh, using that amazing left foot to good measure. Whereas Kyogo is very much about speed and running and skill and shooting and scoring. 01419511025 on the phones. John is a Celtic fan in Old Kirkpatrick up first. John, I know you've got another point, but first of all, what do you make of Celtic signing today? I think he's a great signing. I mean, the last uh, Japanese player we had was absolutely terrific. Nakamura, wasn't he? I mean, Gary, you, you played with Nakamura. It's, it's hard to, to obviously compare the two. They do play different positions, very different players. Um, but you were talking about the sort of the, the, the culture shock, maybe, that it is coming from Japanese football to, to Scottish football. Do you think that's something that, that could take a bit of time to adjust? Yeah, it could. But, you know, that's down to the club, the, the player, you know, getting them settled as quickly as, as they can so that he can just go out and, and play football. And I'm sure, you know, Celtic have the the infrastructure behind the scenes to to allow Kyogo to do that, but uh, you know, listening to the the journalist they're talking about him, um, he, he sounds to me more like a a number ten or a wide player. I think having the the few clips I've seen, seen of him today, you know, he doesn't sound like an out and out number nine. He sounds like a striker who's going to complement other another striker who's going to take that workload off him, and and he can be the explosive striker who, who can kind of create problems from, from deeper John do you think the club were in desperate need of a player like that? I think they need any good player actually just now the way things are going uh, yeah yeah I'm quite pleased with the signing I mean it's obviously really important for Celtic to get signings in at the moment Gary ahead of a qualifier I think it's very unlikely that, that he'll be available to play in that one I think he's still over in Japan at the moment but at least Celtic are getting the numbers in at the moment because there was a long time that Celtic fans were phoning in this show, voicing their frustration. But Liel Abad has come in this week. We've now seen Furuhashi come in as well, Urugide and, and Shaw are in. So Ange Postacoglu is starting to, to sort of form a squad here. Yes, yeah, but I, th- I think the most important thing is quality. Uh, and I think the difficulty can be sometimes that uh, as a manager, you're, you're forced into making signings that might not be you know, of the quality uh, or what you need. So the important thing is that, that Celtic remain patient and, and they bring quality and players that are going to come and affect uh, the team and, and improve performances from, from last season. So uh, Kyogo, to me, looks like a player that, that could do that. Uh, obviously, he's going to have to adapt to a different league, to you know a, a massive football club uh, compared to the one he's been at and the, the need for, for winning football matches. Uh, so hopefully he can do that but it, it's good to see players coming through the door I mean this looks like the sort of first real big you know leap of faith really from the Celtic board in Ange Postacoglu it's a, a player that he'll be familiar with one that the club I'm sure probably wouldn't have been familiar with in the past the previous signings that have come in they've talked about the fact that Celtic have tracked them previously so this is you know the board really backing Ange Postacoglu and saying you know what if this is the guy you want it's a reported fee of of an excess of four million pounds we trust you go out get the players you want and and see what you can do yeah this this is always a a big debate in, in modern football now where you have Director of footballs, head of recruitment, who signs the players, and I think whilst it's you know it's very good to to track players, and obviously the the other signings have been 
you know, scouted and, and looked at and in the database. So that that's come from the club. I think the manager also needs to get some players who, who he feels he knows. Uh, he's obviously seen him regularly over in Japan. He might even know him personally or, or know a bit more about his character. He'll be able to reference that from people he knows in Japan. So I think that's important as well that the manager gets players in that, that he trusts as well. The sort of discrepancy in crowd numbers, people are are angry, they're frustrated about it. You look at crowd numbers at Murrayfield and the crowd numbers at Hamden. The Scottish government came out recently and said that these were sort of international events that had been pre-planned for months and months, whereas the sort of domestic ones, it doesn't relate to that. But you can see the frustration from fans where the, there is a discrepancy in numbers and a, you know Celtic are getting 9,000 in for their game, Aberdeen are get, getting 5,500 in for their game. Yeah, I can, and, and I agree with John. You know, it was Jock Steen that said it. Football is nothing without supporters, and and I think that's been clear in the last eighteen months uh, with the pandemic, with playing without any crowds. Football hasn't been the same, quite frankly. In the Euros, even the small number we had in the beginning, you know, twelve and a half thousand at, at Hamden, it felt like there was an atmosphere. It felt like the the games had more on them, uh, but. I don't understand the, the numbers and where they come up with it. It looks quite wishy-washy, so to speak. And uh, I look at Wembley, there was at least 60,000, you know, more probably uh, in that stadium for the finals last week. I know they were international events, but to me, a stadium like Celtic, the infrastructure within the club, they could quite easily, you know, allow more supporters in that stadium and, and do it safely because it's obviously of paramount importance that we do it safely and, and we don't allow things to run out of control again but uh, it is something that we need to try and you know get supporters in as quickly as we can Yeah because we move into level zero from Monday that means that the sort of maximum crowd that you can have in as a, a domestic football match is 2,000 and at that point clubs can then apply to their local authority area and the council will then make a decision on how many fans they can get in so the decisions are being made by different council areas Glasgow City Council have granted Celtic permission for 9,000 they were wanting double that around 18,000 Aberdeen had applied for more got about 5,500 for theirs but I suppose the hope for football fans is look the numbers are rising and maybe as we go along they'll just sort of incrementally get more and more until hopefully we get full stadiums as soon as we can Yeah without a doubt I think there's light at the end of the tunnel I think we can all see that and that's where you know whilst there's disappointment we have to curtail that a little bit and and see the progress and and like you say hopefully if everyone keeps following the rules if, if we get through this period then hopefully very soon we'll have uh, full stadiums again. I mean, it, it must have been very strange for players across the country playing in those conditions. We were speaking to uh, Keith Lasley earlier on today and he was saying from from on the sidelines, it's been really odd, but it'll be really emotional, he thinks, tomorrow when 2,000 fans will be allowed inside Fur Park. There'll be 2,000 at Celtic Park for their friendly against Preston. There'll be 2,000 at Ibrooks for their friendly against Arsenal. We know it's not you know, huge numbers, but it is the start of something. And I was at the the two games at Hamden for Euro 2020. And despite the fact that it was, you know, a 50,000 seater stadium with around 10,000 people in them, you really felt a, a huge atmosphere and, and you could just tell the difference. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, I think the, the word he used, emotion. I think that's what supporters bring to the game. They bring emotion to the game. They bring emotion to the players uh, and and you can actually when you're in a stadium that's full 
you you can feel uh, the emotion, the atmosphere that that supporters generate, and that's what inspires players and and creates uh, the the great game that that football is. So, uh, the sooner it happens, the better. Well, we will get back to crowds after the break, but another new Celtic signing has been speaking today, Liel Abada, the 19-year-old Israel winger who has signed for around £3.5 million. Here's what he had to say today. Of course, uh, I have a discussion with Nir after I signed the contract. He explained me about the place. It's an amazing place. I'm really very happy to be here. And uh, I hope, really hope that we will have a lot of success together. Yes, I, I, I believe that uh, it's always uh, helping that when you have somebody that can give you a little help uh, in integration and together I think it will uh, bring me what I need to have better communication and integrate the group. Uh, I think it's on the right side that uh, I am the most strong, but I can play in attack, I can be- play also in the left side and I will do what the coach will ask me to do. I will try to give the best of myself to the team. I will be very, very happy. Uh, and I think it's one of my goals when I arrive here to take the title with Celtic. Uh, of course, we will, will want to arrive to all uh, projects and targets of the club. But really, we will do the maximum to have this title again. Abada is you know, a, another forward signing along with Fura Hashi as well. Uh, Defensively, I think was a big area that Celtic fans were looking at, but you know it's all over the park really that that Celtic needed to add these numbers. Will that excite the Celtic fans? You think that they're getting these you know guys that look like sort of quick attacking players, the, the type of guys that look as if they'll probably buy into Ange Postecoglou's style because he seems to want to really high press, get the ball forward as as quickly as possible in the attack. Yeah, I think so, and I think they're young as well. You know, they're, the 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 youth, the the energy that that Ange Postecoglou's kind of style of play needs I think that's been shown so far that there's not a lot of games in, in terms of you know I think Leo's had 67 career games club games one international cap Liam Shaw 25 games Ozazi 19 games so it's not a lot of experience and I'm sure that'll be addressed at some point in the window where players will come in who are tried and tested and have that experience but in terms of youth uh, excitement you know a, a new style of play then, then these players obviously fit that bill. Yeah, Carl Starfelt is the the other player that's been heavily linked. Twenty six years old, he's got a cap for Sweden as well. Um, I think he he had his medical in Moscow today ahead of a potential move. Is that the type of player you think will really add the the experience to the squad that is much needed? Because Celtic have lost quite a bit of that over the past year or so. Yeah, I think so. I think at some point they have to add players. You know, mid mid twenties that that have been there and done it at, at bigger clubs. Uh, and they're not coming with potential they need to come and walk straight in the team they've lost obviously their captain in Scott Brown who who was a massive influence on the team of of great experience understood the club inside out they they have to add some players to to help Callum McGregor and and other players uh of, of that ilk to 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 use their experience to obviously claw the, the points back that, that Rangers gained on them last season. 01419511025 if you've got anything on your mind. Give us a call now because we'll be taking a closer look at crowd numbers after the break. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 
Gary Caldwell here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025 if you've got anything on your mind, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. There's always something going on in Scottish football, Gary. I don't know if you saw this one today. Someone's tweeted a, a picture of Kilmarnock. They've put out their one of their new training kits. It's Hummels, the manufacturer. It's got a sort of bluey, bluey green colour with yellow trim. And someone's pointed out that it is the exact same as Air United's away kit for this season the two Ayrshire rivals one of them has the exact same <laughs> kit for their away kit and Kilmarnock are using that as their training kit it's literally take off the Kilmarnock badge put the Air United badge on I mean that's that's just Scottish football summed up for you isn't it? <laughs> that's brilliant yeah I'm sure uh, that'll get loads of sales <laughs> Let's go straight back to the phones John is a Celtic fan in Coke Bridge John what's on your mind tonight? Hi Gary and Andrew nice to talk to you again Hey, no, as I said to the boy I was speaking to there, I think sometimes I come on here and I sound like Ryan Portis' agent, but I'm I'm glad with all the business we are doing here. But Gary, do you not think, uh, I don't know if actually I've spoke to you about him, Gary, but I think Ryan Portis would be a great signing for Celtic. I, I, I'm not sure about that. I think he's still a little bit rash for me. And actually watched the clip for the other night where he went right through the back of... Uh, who was it at Arsenal, the striker? Uh, forget his name. But for me, he still needs to, to refine his game a little bit. And, and uh, I think even like playing on the ball, I think he can be a, a little bit better. But I, I think he's somebody that I'd look at in, in kind of the next 18 months. But he's right now, I don't think he's, he's somebody that would, would walk into Celtic's team. I think he's, I think he's better than what I've got there at the present moment. And no disrespect to young Welsh, I think he'll... The next two or three years, he will be become a mainstay. You know what I mean? But obviously, he was thrown into deep end last year. But uh, I just, I, I honestly think him, and I, I would like them to go for the young Doidge as well, Gary. I think he's a great player, and I think it would suit Celtic style of play. You know what I mean? But uh, I just, uh, the, the Josh Doig one is is one you hear quite a lot. But is Celtic's problem area at fullback on the other side because there is Greg Taylor at left back, volleyball and golly is training with the squad at the moment I believe after coming back from his loan spell at right back you've got Anthony Ralston who's been handed a new contract and, and that's it Jeremy Frimpong left in January John Joe Kenny was just a loan deal last season Yeah I think fullbacks are are going to be vital to, to how Ange Postacoglu wants to play uh, he wants to be an attack minded coach he wants to press so your fullbacks need to be really dynamic uh, and I think it's an area they need to strengthen with, without a doubt John, I, I, I actually, as I said, um, would you call? I know I don't. I mean, as I said, young Ralston came in, and I remember the, the quote Lee McCulloch said that he was a future Scotland captain. Actually, I actually sometimes remind my pals at Rangers fans about young Patterson, who's a brilliant player. So was Ralston. But to me, I, I don't. I think I don't know how that young boy, and no disrespect to him, has got a new contract because he just doesn't. He doesn't seem to have in, in progressed any. And even when he's went and won, he's like the United. I think it was St Johnson at one point. He didn't, didn't seem to put the progress. But I agree with Gary. But as I said, maybe this guy is obviously this boy we've signed for Japan. Obviously, he's a goal scorer, right? And his record's quite good. And I've watched clips of him on YouTube and that. But I hope, I'm just hoping that this guy, Ange Postecoglou, will maybe raise a few gems. Not I mean, unearth a few gems for the Japanese league, as in right backs and that maybe. But as I said, I, I just. I just like to say that like, I'm just I know what Gary's coming but he has a bit rash at times but I think he's cut most of the rashness out Gary yeah, I, mean, think, I think he I've has improved him. I think he has improved uh, and I think he is improving and he, he'd be a player without a doubt that 
you know, over the next 18 months, Celtic keep an eye on. I think clubs down south will be keeping an eye on them as well. But I think this season Celtic need, you know, we were speaking earlier about the players have signed young, uh, hungry, dynamic players. I think at centre-back, uh, they need to sign a player that's that's tried and tested and that, that can come in and, and lead the team almost and, and be that voice from behind for, for the players in front. So... Uh, I, I don't think Ryan Portis is quite up to that just yet but he's definitely somebody that they should keep a track on John we're only a few days out from the Michelin tie Celtic obviously still have a good few signings left to make this summer you think how are you feeling how are your confidence levels ahead of, of that tie 50-50 uh, so I mean as I say it's just 50-50 uh, I would say I was, I was just, as I've said before about the goalkeeper, I'll give him another chance, but I've watched him in a couple of the games and he doesn't fall in the confidence. It's nearly does. And uh, as I say, I'm just hoping, as, as Gary said there earlier on about Nakamura, and I said a couple of weeks ago, I hope we can unearth somebody, one of these guys, you know what I mean? But as I said, I think it'd be a 50 50. But as I, and I was, see, the other point I can make as well, I think if reports of the contrary are true about Brentford, right? As I said, I was on here a couple of weeks ago talking about Ayer, right? Do I think he's a brilliant player, right? But obviously money talks and maybe he's trying to do like Virgil van Dijk, go to a smaller club and, and make his way up. But if, if we're getting £13.5 million for, um, for uh, Christopher Raya, I think that's a brilliant bit of business, you know what I mean? I know money, it's the, we've got money in the bank, but I think for if a year left in his contract, if, he's, if we're getting £13.5 million, and I just hope that um, the manager gets it to try and, to try and uh, go, uh, sign another defender. Gary, what, what would you think about... He hasn't actually set the hair on fire down there, but he's done well up here. If he's went down, Scott McKenna, what do you think Celtic could maybe go back in for him? Yeah, I think Scott McKenna's a, a centre-half that, you know, has went down to England. He's done extremely well uh, for Nottingham Forest. He, he had a couple of niggling injuries when he first went, but since then he's actually been one of the best defenders in the Championship uh, across every team within the league. I think he's left-footed, he's got pace, he's powerful and he's growing, you know, like we're speaking about Ryan Porteous, I think he's a few years ahead in terms of his experience, uh, he's played a lot of games for Aberdeen, he would have been a player before he went to Nottingham Forest that I think, you know, would, would have been very interesting for Celtic uh, and like I said, he's done extremely well uh, down in the Championship. What do you make of the, the Christopher Ryer developments yesterday? It, it looked as if Brentford had... Brentford have agreed a fee of around £13.5 million. He's obviously only got a year left in his contract. He's he's come out publicly and, and said he wants to leave this summer. Do you think that, if it goes through, will be a good bit of business for Celtic? I think it will be good business in terms of a year left. Uh, he does, He wants to leave the club. He's, he's stated that £13.5 million is, is good money. It's not amazing money for the, for the current market, but I think it's very good money. Uh, but I do think he's a, a an exceptional player with with huge potential. I think he's still only twenty three, twenty four. Uh, he's he's growing all the time. He can play full back and centre back. So I think they're they're losing a very good player. Uh, but with a year left in his contract, that the money that that's getting spoken about, then it's good business, and and that money has to be reinvested in the squad wisely. Well, thank you to John 01419511025 on the phones. We'll go straight back to them. William is in Craig End. William, what's your point tonight? Oh, good evening, guys. How you doing? You okay? Good, thanks, William. Uh, it's just a it's two points connected to what to to both really. I think the I was listening to Tom McIntyre the day and the, the Colts team tomorrow, and he was talking about how it's going to work, uh, and obviously the Champions League game uh, next week. 
I think I think it was I was interested to hear and watching the three uh, friendlies. I think we've got great talent behind the uh, behind the first team. Like Montgomery, you were talking about the left side. I think Montgomery's a, a decent player, and where he would stay with the first team or where they would drop to the Colts, you know. But Tommy McIntyre explained, and and he made a lot of things clear for me uh, that it, a lot of the a lot of the teams that he could he could probably have. Are probably still with the first team for the Preston game tomorrow, and get, and I would just want to know. It was interesting to know the different uh, ways of how it's going to work. That you can take you can take teams for the Colt team and put them into the first team uh, throughout the season, which I thought was was quite interesting. Uh, going on about the Champions League game, I think we're starting. I mean, we'll get... t- we'll take that point first, William, and we'll let you come back in. Obviously, the the Celtic and Rangers B teams are we entering the Lowland League? Uh, this weekend there's uh, Celtic have actually made a signing today of Boston Lowell from Watford Academy he's going to go straight into Celtic's B team as well but this is what Celtic and Rangers have been pushing for for a good while is these B teams because they feel that there isn't that sort of stepping stone in between the, the youth academy and men's football and that's what they want there's a lot of controversy about it a lot of other clubs feel that it maybe just favours those two sides but from Celtic and Rangers perspective anyway they'll be delighted that they now have this platform to, to play those players Yeah first of all I think it's a great initiative for developing young Scottish talent I think it is a little bit unfair on, on other clubs Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen, Dundee United and possibly more Could th- those clubs could quite easily field Colts teams have very good academies uh, have invested a lot in their youth, uh, so I, I see. You know, it's a little bit unfair on them, but for Celtic and Rangers, I think it's a great opportunity uh, to play young players in what I would call football that matters. You know, I watch a lot of academy football, and it isn't real to the game. It, I think, you know, I watch more down in England, but it's probably similar up here where, the, technically and and tactically, that the players are learning, but the physical aspect of the game, the the need to win games of football isn't there, and and that's something that that young players have to have to get. I, I got it myself on loan as a young player when when I I couldn't get into Newcastle's first team, and I got it on loan, and you you learn very quickly that you know football in a in a league environment is is different to academy football, and I think it's a good thing. I wonder if that signing of Boston Lowell will maybe show a bit of frustration from from other sides because the question that has been put to Celtic and Rangers about these B teams over and over again is what, what's the wider benefit to Scottish football and Celtic and Rangers have come out and said that they feel you know it's, it's developing young Scottish players Boston Lowell is in Ireland under 21 international he's been drafted in he's straight into the B team so by the looks of things it, it's not just all going to be young Scottish players coming straight through the academy. Celtic and Rangers will maybe sort of cherry pick other players from from down south or, or elsewhere to come into these teams as well. No, I, I think there should be a cap. I think it should be of benefit to Scottish players, uh, and it should help the the national team longer term. Uh, so yeah, you're going to have some obviously uh, who who are coming from out with, but. Definitely, I think they should have have been in the academy a certain amount of years, so so like Irish players or whatever can then, you know, come in and play for the Colts team as well. But I think it should be of benefit to Scottish football. Hence, why, you know, Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, Dundee United, and other clubs, Motherwell, who have the the infrastructure, the numbers to to do it, then then we should find a way to 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 allow them to do it. It's been done in Spain for a number of years. 
and and you see the talent that that they create through Barcelona, Real Madrid, playing playing men's football at a young age. Uh, so I think it's a good thing. We just have to see how it goes to start with and and develop it and make sure it's always for the benefit of Scottish football. Do you want to come back in, William? I think the Tommy McIntyre was talking about the pathway. You know, it was all about the pathway for players. You know, so I think Celtic. I mean, Celtic. I mean, Celtic are a selling club like any other club. You know, so I think if you if you look at guys like Tierney and all that, and Tierney would be for me, Tierney would probably be the the, the benchmark for the players coming through, especially the young boy that I mentioned there, um, Montgomery. I think to go on about the Champions League next year, uh, next week. I think. Uh, I think that the first game maybe came a wee bit too soon. It's good to I'm saying it, it's good to have Forrest back in training again. Uh, I'm not obviously it's disrupted disrupted his uh, pre-season, but uh, I think Michelin are probably in the same boat as us. They've got this, they've got a, a, a new manager in as well. I think it's Bo Henriksen or something. His name is. Uh, but I think I think the first game maybe come a wee bit too soon for us, and we maybe be better prepared for the second leg. You know, but. Uh, I think we only have in two two places for the Champions League. I keep hearing the the Mission Impossible uh, music in my back and in, in, in the back of my head when I when I see uh, that we've got to beat Benfica or uh, Shakhtar Donetsk to get into the Champions League. So definitely, if there's only two places available, I think it is a bit uh, Mission Impossible for the Champions League. Yeah, undoubtedly, it's going to be a tough task for Celtic to try and negotiate. How do you think the squad are? are shaped up at the moment, Gary, because I think it was midnight last night that they had to submit their squad for the tie. And then from this point on, I think up until 24 hours before the game, they can still register two more players. So, for example, if they signed Carl Starfelt uh, in the next couple of days, he could be added to the squad. It then remains to be seen whether he could play because of quarantining rules and things like that. But if they do sign players, a couple more still can be added to that squad. Yeah, I think it looks a little bit weak at the minute. Uh, going into a Champions League qualifier, you would, you know, much prefer them to to have more signings in, to have players training day in day out. They have a, a lot of young players, so it's an opportunity for them to to maybe get on the park when they they wouldn't have expected that. So it's a big game for the club in terms of Champions League. It's it's where the club wants to be financially. It's of you know massive amounts of revenue for the club, so it's a massive game. But I think. Everyone at the club would, would agree that they're a little bit behind uh, because of the summer that they've had in terms of the recruitment of the manager and then obviously the the, the knock-on effect that that has. Well, you know, the numbers maybe not as high as many were wanting, but there is going to be 9,000 Celtic fans there on Tuesday night. Do you think that could prove to be a, a big boost come Tuesday? I think it's great. You know, I mean, it's about time we got the fans back in, you know, hopefully I'll marry them, you know. <laughs> Uh, I just think I just think it's great. I mean, football. I mean, I think it goes without saying that football without fans is nothing, you know. So, I, I think it'll help. It'll help the players and hopefully help the youngsters that will be playing probably in in the game. Uh, I'm looking at the game. I, I, uh, Michelin played the night. I didn't didn't get to see it. Uh, so I was supposed to. Go, I was supposed to go and have a look at it, but. I don't know. I don't know too much about Michelin, but I th- I'm encouraged. I mean, see, even though the the man, the, the sorry, the the Bristol City game ended nil nil, I was encouraged by the way uh, we win the ball high high up the park and the way uh, Ange Postecoglou wants to play. You, you can see it uh, even over three games. You can see that uh, that the players are responding to it. You know, so 
I think uh, it'll be interesting to see his lineup tomorrow to see if it uh, it'll be anything like maybe the the squad or the, or the, the first eleven that he'll play next week. So I think I, I think it's I think it's positive for the first friendly to the third friendly that we've had. I think I've definitely seen improvement in the way uh, Celtic want to play, even though even though we, we we've not been scoring as many goals. Well, thank you to William. 01419511025 if you've got anything on your mind. After the break, we'll be looking at a target for Rangers and we'll also be looking at why Ross County have been forced to forfeit their game this weekend. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gary Caldwell here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025 if you've got anything on your mind. Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Another story coming out today. It's been rumours for a few days now, but more reports today that Rangers are ramping up their interest in Hernveen midfielder Joey Veerman. The Glasgow Times today claiming that any deal could be worth up to £7 million. Rangers have already done a bit of business so far this window. All have been on, on free transfers so far. Fashion Sakala's come in. Namdi Offabor's come in as well. John Lundstrom. That's a, a very different type of deal that it looks as if Rangers are pursuing at the moment. Yeah, and it's a lot of money as well. Uh, to a, a big outlay for a, for a player that they obviously see as a massive part of, of their plans moving forward. So it'll be interesting to see how that one develops especially in that midfield area for Rangers because you have a look at obviously it's sort of three central midfield spots that Steven Gerrard's played with since he came in but the people competing for that at the moment Davis, Jack, Aribo, Kamara Lundstrom, Arfield and Namdi Offabor who's come in there's, there's a lot of numbers in there do you think maybe something's got to give in there? Yeah possibly uh, possibly somebody might leave I think Aribo can play higher as well uh, gives them that versatility Uh but possibly this signing is, is to allow somebody to go. But uh, it will definitely be a big signing should they get him in. And like you say, it's a, a, a very strong part of the team that, that he would add to that as well. Because that's it. Rangers are in a very sort of different mind space at the moment where they've still got about two and a half weeks until their first European qualifier. They've got a largely settled squad from last season. I think Greg Stewart and uh, Bongani Zungu are really the only two players from last season that aren't with the squad now. Stephen Gerrard and, and his staff will be very happy, very relaxed, you'd think, over the next few weeks as they, they try to get their, their bits of business done. Yeah, I don't think they'll be relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a football manager, you're <laughs> never relaxed. Uh, but they, I, I think it shows he's been there for three years. It shows, you know, the continuity they've built over that time. Uh, I think every window, their signings have, have been very good. You know, they've not got everyone right, but they've got the majority right. Uh and and they're a, they're a team that needs to add quality. Again, they're not looking for for as many numbers as Celtic, but they're looking to add quality to to make the the, the team the starting team better. Uh, so whilst I don't think they'll be sitting back and and chilling, uh, they will be you know quietly confident and and working hard to in preparation for that first game and improving the squad. I mean, one of the bonuses of winning the league is that you enter the qualification stages of Europe at a later time. Rangers, as I said, still have about two and a half weeks. They'll have a competitive game in the league. Before that, they've got plenty of time and plenty of friendlies building up to that. If you look at the contrast with Celtic, who are trying to, to almost scramble to put together a squad for next Tuesday, how much of a boost do you think that is for Rangers being able to have that extra time, that extra preparation just ahead of going into the third round of qualifying? 
Yeah, I think the extra round's a massive boost, especially in a, a championship year when when you've had the Euros and a lot of players have been away. Those players can come back and have time to to pick up their, their fitness levels again. So again, it's a it's a positive for them. They they are in a good place as a club. They, they've had three years of building towards obviously winning the league last season. And now they, they want to capitalise on that. And I think that the key for them is not to rest on their laurels because Celtic are, are clearly working hard in the in the background to, to try and improve the squad and, and be ready to, to mount a, a better challenge this year. As usual, you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. James has done just that and he's asking where do you think the where do you think it's going to work between Nathan Patterson and James Tavernier going forward this season because obviously we saw Nathan Patterson getting game time when James Tavernier was out injured last season he's now proven himself that he looks a very good prospect going forward but is that a big challenge for Steven Gerrard this season to to juggle the two of them and, and make sure Nathan Patterson gets enough game time I, th- I think it'll be challenging I'm pretty sure they'll have looked at three at the back uh I, I, Having worked with Tav, I think he could play higher. Uh, his attacking play, uh, his crosses are, are fantastic, so he could play that wing back role. Just you know whether Nathan Patterson can can slide in one. He a lot could bring the ball out really well. You, you see Scotland doing it with Tierney and Robertson. Could Rangers have been working on something like that? I also heard he could possibly play midfield. I think maybe Patterson. So I think there's options. It's something I'm sure they've thought about because. Like any manager, you want to get your best players in the team. Uh, so they will be looking at that to, to try and see what formation does suit them to, to get them in the team. Another story coming out today. Ross County have been forced to forfeit their second consecutive Premier Sports Cup match due to a coronavirus outbreak. They didn't have the sufficient numbers to fulfil their fixture against Forfar last weekend after a spate of positive cases in their camp. And they've had to do the same again this weekend. A statement from them says the game has now been cancelled as players continue to recover from the effects of COVID-19 infection. Now, we saw that last weekend. There was three separate games that all had to be forfeited because of this. Ross County, at the moment, are the only team that have had to do that since then. But, I mean, that's a real disastrous start to the season. First two games, having to forfeit them. You've got players who who aren't training. It's a a real disaster for Malky Mackay in his first few weeks in the job. Yeah, first of all, we, we hope all the players are, are well uh, and, and get over the, the virus quickly. Uh, but, you know, for Malky going in, new manager, it's it's clearly not the start he wanted uh, in terms of obviously forfeiting the games. But not only that, missing out on training, missing out on uh, time with the players to connect with the players. So uh, it's, it's not a good start. What effect can that have on a team during pre-season if you're having to take, whether it's just one week out or maybe a couple of weeks out of training, if you've got players on different schedules, training at different times, some are having to self-isolate. Do you think that could have a really bad impact going into the league season as well as that's approaching? It can, yeah. It's it's a really important time pre-season, uh, not just fitness levels, uh, integrating the new the, the squad, the new players into the squad, uh, starting to kind of build on the new style of play. Obviously, Malky's just went in there. You know what what style of play is he going to is he going to try and implement at the club? And, and he's missing out on that time to, to work with the players to, to get that and you, you can't get that back the season's going to start in a few weeks and once it starts you're then right into it and you, you have to win football matches so it's it's not the start he wanted it's out of his control 
Uh, but hopefully, like I said, all the players you know recover and and get back fit and, and get playing games. Well, a lot of League Cup group games going ahead tomorrow. Out with that one, uh, Motherwell playing Queen of the South. Two thousand fans allowed into that one. It'll be the first time fans have been inside Fir Park for over a year. Here's what assistant Keith Lasley had to say about it. You know, it's going to be pretty emotional to be honest. You know, it's such a difficult year last year. Um, you know, for everyone. Um, uh, but you know, to I think what last year did, it, it, it really clarified what football is about, and it is about the fans first and foremost, and, and without their presence, particularly at a club like ours, which I know they play such a big part both on and off the pitch, um, you know, we've missed them greatly, to be honest. So to have them back in the stadium, to have that energy back in the stadium um, for the team, uh, for the club as a whole, is, is, is going to be pretty special, to be honest. So, you know, hopefully as the weeks go on, that'll grow, obviously, and the numbers will get bigger. Um, and we can get it back to, to, to what it was pre-pandemic but just to have you know that any sort of fan presence in the stadium will be, it'll be great for the players and, and great for, it, for everyone involved really. I mean Keith Lasley saying there it'll be huge for everyone Motherwell who are a real community club fan owned as well being able to get those supporters back in albeit in, in a smaller number than they would have liked be a huge boost Yeah it's brilliant it's great for Motherwell it's great for Scottish football it's great for, for football in general because like you've said, you know, the last 18 months have shown that, that football without supporters in the stadium, without that emotion, it's, it's not the same game. Uh, and the sooner we can have them back, the sooner we can have full stadiums, uh, the, the better for, for football. I think Tony Watt was speaking today as well and he was just saying how strange it is having scored goals in empty stadiums and just can't wait but a big thing for him as well was that his family will be back in there as well and that's something you maybe don't think about that players are, are used to having their families in the crowd they've been able to pick them out when they score and they've all had to watch from home as well Yeah, I've, I've watched you know lots of games where, where it, you, you think how would I react to that environment and it's very strange you know, to, to see you know goals going in and that there's no you know, great reaction from supporters and, and players are even celebrations are a bit muted because of that as well. So uh, it's just great for the game uh, that, that we can hopefully get back to normal soon. Do you think specifically it, it gives the home team a boost having a crowd in or when you're on the pitch, is it more just you, you hear the noise and sort of everyone gets up for it? You don't quite concentrate on, on who the noise is for? Yeah, it depends what crowd <laughs> you've got. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, some clubs have suffered more than others. Uh, I think having a big home support is a, is a massive advantage to you, and and I think we've seen a lot of away wins when when there hasn't been a crowd. So there's definitely that home advantage will come back when supporters come back. Well, that's all we've got time for, unfortunately. But thank you for all your calls and tweets tonight. Thank you to Gary Caldwell in the studio. Of course, lots of big Premier Sports Cup group games across the weekend. We'll bring you the reaction to those on Monday night. And of course, we're into European qualifiers again at the start of next week. Celtic, Hibs and Aberdeen all in action. So we'll bring you all the build-up and all the reaction to those throughout the week. But make sure to stick about tonight because it's the big one. It's GBX.